You know, you think about those words. (laughs) As we sit here and reflect upon the cross. How deep the Father's love for us. I mean, just listen to this, that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. You know, we walk in tonight with a lot of different things. I recognize that. When you gather here, it allows you to lift your eyes off of whatever it is you're carrying and whatever it is you're going through and reflect upon Eternal promises. To the innocent, you know. The only truly innocent person ever to live upon this earth. Sinless. Guiltless. That before the foundations of this world, it was established that this is the way it would play out. And as you walk that last week of Jesus' life, man, I tell you, it's, it's amazing to see in detail him orchestrating the entire thing, the sovereignty of the Father, but the submission of the Son being led by the Holy Spirit to the detail of what was taking place. You know, I was sharing with some of our guys, even as he gathered with those disciples in the upper room, if you read the text, Judas had already going to the religious leaders. Jesus sends out John and Peter to find a place for them to gather for their meal, their Passover meal. They didn't know where they were going. There's no information that would have been the perfect place for Judas to be able to pass that information off. It's not public, it's private. There they could come and arrest Jesus. But Jesus was in control of the entire situation. And what you find is you find him send John and Peter to find this place. And he says, you will find a man walking with a pitcher. That alone is ironic. It was unusual to find a man walking with a pitcher of water. And there he will give you directions to where we will gather. And as you go through and you read John 13 to 16, Jesus is releasing promise after promise to those disciples. He could not be arrested until all these things had taken place. It's there in the upper room, as we call it, that he established a memorial. It's what we're here to do tonight. And the transition of what had been taking place for close to 1,300 years That God had made a covenant with his people, a God that saves, a God that rescues. And he proved that. As you go through and you read Exodus 12, it's Moses delivering the children of Israel from Pharaoh, and you see God orchestrating the entire thing. And you know the story that he, in the last plague, that all the firstborn were to die. And the instructions to his people were to take a lamb, a spotless lamb, to sacrifice that lamb, to take the blood of that lamb, to spread it upon the doorpost. So when the angel of death came through, it would pass over those who were covered by the blood and the covenant of God. So for 1,300 years, God's people had gathered in the first month of their calendar 
to celebrate that, a memorial, the Passover. Now here is Jesus with these disciples and the transition of all transitions. No longer would there have to be animals that would die because animals alone could not take away the sins of men and women. But God's lamb, the spotless lamb, Jesus, would be the final sacrifice. And he's gathered with these disciples, and he says these words in Luke chapter 22. He says this. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat. So they said to him, Where do you want us to prepare? And he said to him, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. Then you shall say to the master of the house, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large furnished upper room. There, make ready. So they went and found it, just as he had said to them. They prepared the Passover. When the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him, Judas in the room. And he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired. It's repeated twice there in the original language, emphasizing this meal that Jesus was gathered with his disciples with. I desire to eat with you. And he says this, before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among yourselves. Just as the memorial was given to the children of Israel to celebrate the Passover and God's promise of salvation and freedom, the memorial was established there in the upper room by Jesus with his disciples that now when we gather, we gather here. Not lifting high the instrument, lifting high the one who died upon the cross. In the transition of the covenant, I've come to make new, to fulfill And the Bible says he takes of the bread and he takes of the cup. And still at this point, I don't believe the disciples truly understood what was happening. We now as the church, as we know, not only in the instructions of Luke, but in the instructions of Paul. He writes to the church of Corinth and he says these words that when we gather for the Lord's table, he says this. For I received from the Lord that also that I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night on which he betrayed, when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And then the great promise, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six: For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And he's coming again. Amen. So the memorial established by Jesus there in the upper room is that we now as his people gather in remembrance what Christ did for us. As we take of the cup and then we take of the bread, we look upon this thing and we see ourselves. We see our sins. saw this and this hit me and said this God treated Jesus on the cross as if he lived my life so he could treat me as if I lived his so 
as we gather tonight around the cross, we gather around the substitute, the sacrifice that was made for you and I. We do this in remembrance of him, right? And so as we take the cup and as we take the bread, we allow our hearts and minds to reflect back, to lift high the name of Jesus for what he has done for us to set us free. And I pray that every person in this room has called upon the name of Jesus for salvation. It's a time that Paul says we look inward, right? It's a time that we take inventory of our own lives and we gather at the cross and we say, Lord, search me, the heart of David. Lord, search my heart. If there's anything there, reveal to me, Lord, as I do not want to take, as Paul says, in an unworthy manner. It's a time of remembrance. It's a time of reflection. But man, it's a time that we can look forward to the promise that Jesus was given to those disciples. He tells them, this is the last meal, but there will come a day where we will gather again at the table. No more sin, no more shame, no more suffering, no more tears. And that's the promise to God's people. Can I get an amen? So tonight as we gather around the table, I just encourage you, individually, personally, past, present, future, Lord, I thank you for what you've done. It's finished. No more sacrifices. Lord, in this moment, in my struggles and in my pain and in my questions, And in my doubts and in my baggage, I lay myself at the foot of the cross. And Lord, I lift my eyes to the promise that can't be broken. You're coming again. There will come a day that I gather at a table separate from the sufferings of this world. This time I'm going to ask our guys to go and prepare. And I'm going to ask you if you would join with me as we go to the Lord in prayer. As we gather tonight around the cross, we gather tonight with the bread, with the cup. The bread, obviously, symbolic of the body that was broken for our sins. And I encourage you to just individually reflect upon what Jesus did for us. I mean, truly reflect of our stuff that he took with him. Every sin that's ever been committed upon the shoulders of Jesus. May it be a time that we look inward in the moment, take inventory of our walk with Jesus in the now. May it be a time that our eyes are lifted off of whatever your present circumstances may be, and they're placed upon the eternal promises of God. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you in this place, Lord, humbled. Humbled. that the innocent would die for the guilty. Lord, we're in all of that. And Lord, as we look upon this cross, we reflect upon grace and mercy. Lord, recognizing there must be a payment for sin, and we thank you for the one who willingly took our place. So, Lord, tonight, as we look through the lens of the cross, may you search us, change us. We ask you to bless these elements, the bread, the cup. Lord, as we gather at your table, it's for your glory and your honor, lifting high the name of Jesus. 
And we ask it in that name. And all God's people said.